Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And good morning, Melbourne. Good morning, Victoria. This is Jeff Waters uh, coming to you live from the studios of Radical Radio 3CR and uh, coming to you from the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And uh, we must every day remember to pay our respects to their elders everywhere on the timeline and recognise that uh, this uh, beautiful city, Nam, though it's rainy today, on uh, this beautiful city on the banks of the Birrarung, uh, was is territory that was never ceded. So, Indigenous people remain the sovereigns. Welcome to our program today on a bit of a miserable day outside, a bit uh, cool and rainy, but uh, I suppose that's good for the city of Melbourne at least, where I live, because every now and then it needs a good wash, particularly after the weekend when there's been drunken marauding people wandering the streets and uh, needing to relieve themselves everywhere. Thank goodness for a bit of rain early in the week, I say. Anyway, um, today we're going to talk to a couple of people, the first one being... Uh, a Friends of the Earth activist who is taking part in a blockade right now and will go live to the scene. Uh, And then later on we'll be talking about issues surrounding wind power and particularly wind farms off the New South Wales coast. But first today we're going to speak to uh, one of Friends of the Earth's greatest minds, uh, Jess Tran, who looks after our website and our IT needs and everything, but also takes part uh, very actively and often very vocally in our protests. Uh, and Jess has been staying the night down in the Port of Melbourne uh, trying to stop something from happening. And um, so uh, are you with us, Jess? Hello, Jessica Tran. Are you with us? All right, we have a telephone issue issue here, people. I'm sorry to do this to you. This happens occasionally on uh, live radio. Phone issue that we've had. Let's see if we've got the fabulous Jess Tran on the line. Hello, Jess. Are you with us? Hello, Jess. I am. Oh, hooray. Hooray. Bravo. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. I just had the, possibly uh, having been a broadcaster for 35 years, I've just had the worst possible <laughs> on-air catastrophe. But anyway, oh, we're back on, we're back on, we're up and running. Let's let's not, <laughs> although the, the, <laughs> lis- the listener may very well be amused and like listening to me mucking around and making mistakes. But anyway. You're doing a great job. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Now, Jess, where are you and what are you up to? 
Okay. I have just left camp, um, the camp out for Palestine in Port Melbourne. The camp out and... for Palestine in Port Melbourne. Why are you having a camp out in Port Melbourne? Well, Riyadh, a Palestinian nurse, um, has dedicated um, to having a camp there and a spot there um, because we're at the port where um, weaponry is being shipped out to Israel. And it started on Thursday when there was an action, I believe, hosted by Unionists for Palestine. And there was a truck by Zim who is an Israeli um, shipping line um, with weaponry, um, was coming in. And because there were numbers, we decided to block it off. And I was successful and we delayed it. Yay. Uh, the ship was meant to be docked, was meant to be docked on Sunday. Yet, um, because of the delays, uh, sorry, because of the presence being held at the port, um, there has been delays and we don't know when this will dock. So Riyadh, the wonderful Palestinian nurse, um, who is so staunch in his dedication and commitment to his liberation of people, um, is at his fifth day, or now sixth day of hunger strike, and has called for community members who are committed to the cause to come down. And it doesn't need to be the whole night, although that's very much ideal, um, even just for an hour to drop by for a few hours, um, all presence is always welcome. And um, even I know folks in our workplace, Friends of the Earth, that are working from uh, camp set up as well. So it's a great place to be working from and study from as well. So I was lucky and uh, fortunate enough to um, camp there last night and come back this morning. Well, <clears throat> well done you, and well done everybody down there, particularly for holding up that ship. If somebody wants to come down and join you guys, um, whereabouts in Port Melbourne is it? Can, is it easy to describe? Yeah, sure, of course. I would say if anyone's on Instagram or Facebook, Block the Dock is the page. Block the Dock, the I love it. Block the Dock. Simple, no, no, no letters, no between. Sorry, no rhyme. Numbers you've got alliteration. You've got everything. Correct. It's a right. Yeah, it's a wonderful uh, name. So just block the doc on either Facebook or Instagram for all information. Or if you have any questions, feel free to send that through. But the address, I'll say it here, is seventy eight Web Dock Drive, Port Melbourne. Seventy eight Web Dock Dock Drive, North. Uh, Sorry, South Melbourne. Uh, Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne. Port Correct. Melbourne. It's also shared on the Facebook and Instagram. So even if you didn't hear all of that, feel free to check that out and you can see the address and all the information there. They also um, daily post what supplies they need. So even if you can't commit to coming down there and you still want to support, um, there are supplies being posted on those pages every day. So you can support by dropping it off or having someone else drop it off. Um, Riyadh, who is um, the main organiser there, the Palestinian nurse that's holding the ground there, who's holding the hunger strike, is always asking for media attention, is always asking for folks to come down, to share and to um, call out on the government for the complicity. So if everyone could um, commit to those demands in any way they can, that would be amazing. 
Does it, do, do you guys have any idea of what sort of weapons are being shipped to Israel from here? So it, it's, the Israeli shipping line Zim um, provides most type of weapons. I believe even at some... I, I, I'm not an expert I, as well as I'm a newcomer and I'm sure even I've got some information wrong, but yeah. from the Instagram of Unions for Palestine and um, all of the other pages that I follow... They just say, um, like, all types of weapons. So um, it really is a real direct impact by getting involved in these actions. And it also highlights the economic ties between Australia and Israel, um, the sustained Israel's impunity as it commits genocide. Absolutely. I mean, who who would have thought that Israel was buying weapons from Australia anyway? Correct. Yeah. Australia, US, UK, we're actually, we hold a lot of, uh, we have a really strong economic tie with Israel, another settler colonials of projects, and um, that's why you see the government being really firm and not speaking out, because mm. it damages their economic relationship, as well as their mi- uh, military diplomatic ties. So, um, uh, again, Zim, the company that we're um, blockading, is a major Israeli shipping line, um, and that it is actively collaborating with the genocide. Um, we are hoping to be building, and I think we are already building relationships with workers uh, at the port, and hopefully the unions as well. Um, I can't, again, speak for it. I can't say that with confidence because I'm not there 24-7. I don't know the ins and outs of the core organising, but I know work is being done, and... Um, it does have a direct impact by attending or by amplifying this action. Well, that's uh, terrific. And I'm just imagining uh, if all of the uh, pro-Palestinian protesters who I saw in the city this weekend and mm-hmm. have been coming, imagine if they all turned up at Web Dock, that would be... That would oh. be extraordinary. So we must, yeah. listeners out there in Radio Land, we must get the word around. We must uh, uh, tell anybody, please, who is right. pro-Palestinian to get down to Webdock Road in uh, Port Melbourne and join right. what has been a successful blockade so far in preventing an Israeli, uh, uh, well, a ship, that wants to carry weapons to Israel from docking uh, and picking those weapons up. That's just a wonderful story, Jess. And I do hope you were you were comfortable down there overnight. <laughs> well, how was it the... Yes, it's, uh, for those who might be wondering too, there are extra supplies there. There's like a heap of stuff from books to supplies to food to uh, medical supplies. Uh, there's lots of people there to help out. When, when you arrive, there's normally folks introducing themselves to show you around, show you where the toilets are. Uh, there's extra tents, as I said, and camping supplies. So even if you came with nothing, they're, um, they're there to look after you. So Wow. So yeah. even if you don't have a tent uh, or sleeping bag or, or anything like that, we can look after you. And, yes. And, and we also have a uh, what appears to be a temporary working space. What do you call it? A shared workspace where people yeah. get? Uh, That's right. Yeah, so so all of you corporate types who are <laughs> in the city today doing your, or at home even, doing your banking from home. Right. That, that was banking, by the way, viewers. 
uh, listeners. Um, so um, you can get down there too and uh, and support what is uh, a direct way to uh, help the Palestinians who are suffering terribly at the moment. Thank you very much for joining us, Jess. Jess Tran uh, from Friends of the Earth, who who and strength to your arm. Well done, you um, for getting down <laughs> Thank there. Thank you. Thank you, Jess. And uh, so, thank you very much, Jess. And uh, we'll we'll um, be talking in just a minute about, or a couple of minutes about uh, uh, the emerging issues surrounding wind energy, uh, and looking at the um, well, the, the 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 New South Wales uh, case study uh, for a change to look about what's happening off the coast of um, of New South Wales. But before we do, I think I need to be calmed down a bit, uh, listeners. So here's a bit of uh, old-time jazz for you. You come along with me You come along with me Down the Mississippi Down the Mississippi You'll see the place where the folks all meet, oh, yes. heaven on earth, they call it Basin Street. Basin Street is the street where dark and light always meet in New Orleans, the land of dreams. You'll never know how nice it seems or just how much it really means that to be. Yes, a where her welcome streets welcome me and where I can lose lose my basin street blues Wasn't that just marvellous? That's the Basin Street Blues by Jack Teagarden with uh, the inimitable uh, Louis Armstrong. You're listening to 3CR Radical Radio. This is Dirt Radio, the program brought to you weekly on a Tuesday morning by the Friends of the Earth, a bunch of uh, ratbag uh, 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 activists, and I mean that in the most beautiful Fond sense, Rat Bay activists out there trying to save the world and do the right thing for the whole community. And we're now going to cross live to the provinces to uh, 
another state with some uh, small town in it called Sydney or something. Uh, and this is nearby. This is uh, the Illawarra, which is just south of Sydney, where there are plans, like there are in uh, southern in Victoria, um, uh, both in the Illawarra and off the Hunter uh, in Newcastle, plans to have uh, major wind farms. And the uh, just as uh, as we have found in Gippsland here, there there's a bit of bit of pushback against the old uh, wind farms, which is terrible. But uh, we're joined live now by uh, one of uh, Friends of the Earth's newest members by the name of Coco. Uh, Coco, please tell me you're on the line. I am. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Wonderful. We had telephone issues this morning and I I was so nervous then uh, just as I pushed (laughs) those buttons. I was, oh, my God, if she's not here, the poor listener. Anyway, and Coco also, um, I, I, I spoke to Coco last night, listener, and I'm very sorry, but I forgot to write down your f- last name, Coco. Oh, it's Vinalia. It's an Italian name, so everyone gets a bit confused by it anyway. <laughs> well, it's very, very exotic and beautiful. Isn't right? it? <laughs> it's like your first name, Coco. Just very evocative name. Anyway. It is. So, where are you, Coco? I'm currently in Thoreau. It is... For those who don't know the area, it is a really special piece of Australian East Coast landscape between Sydney and Wollongong. Um, so the Illawarra kind of sits between uh, below Sydney and between that and the South New South Wales coast. As you get further away from Sydney, it gets a bit more remote. There's still quite a lot of people in the Illawarra area um, and a bit more industry. Um, we have a beautiful, it's Darawal country, first of all, um, and I want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land here and that it was never ceded. Um, and we have a beautiful escarpment behind us, all full of native bush, and it is attached to the Darawal uh, dreaming story of the Rainbow Serpent. And Thoreau in particular is just gorgeous where the mountains Go straight down to the ocean, and mm-hmm. and it's just very. There's a road interrupting it. Apart from that, it's very, very, very. <laughs> <And> my be- house. <laughs> very, <laughs> very, very beautiful. When you can take a high vantage point and look down on this coastline with a with massive mountains going straight down into the sea, it's very, very lovely. You wouldn't think that you were so close to it is. to the yeah. pro- to the provincial capital, Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> and it's. it's the unique landscape here, actually, this is a great segue into the offshore wind Yeah, let's conversation. go. Let's go. Because the unique landscape here, behind the escarpment is the plains, basically, the flats that lead out to, you know, all of the farming lands. The southern um, tablelands. The southern tablelands and Canberra. So the winds come off the flats or off the ocean and they hit the escarpment, either coming down it or coming from the ocean and they're just there's a really constant quite strong wind supply just off the coast here it's not only because i'm not a wind expert it's not only because of the escarpment and and the geography but it does contribute to it and so that's one of the reasons that the government has proposed um the illawarra and as an opportunity to invest in transitioning to renewable energy through offshore wind. Okay. And um, 
Uh, I hear that uh, now. Obviously, most people listening to this program must surely be generally in support of wind power, but uh, there's been a bit of pushback there, and apparently, and why? Why, why the pushback, Coco? There has there has been a lot of pushback. Um, I think out of the three, the Hunter, the Gippsland, and Illawarra offshore wind farm proposals, this one has been the loudest anti movement. Yeah, um, I think I can't give you the social milieu understanding of why here got it got so loud so quickly, um, but there are multiple factors involved. Um, one of those is misinformation. There is a significant amount of misinformation going around that is really fueling the anti side, which. Uh, they're kind of pulling straight from the Trumpian playbook in their tactics, um, including, you know, there was a falsified um, marine policy journal uh, paper that apparently claimed that 400 whales are killed by wind turbines every year. Oh, my God, which is just wrong. um, Well, unfortunately for them... The CEO of Marine Policy Journal actually lived in Wollongong. (laughs) (laughs) And Quinton, he is um, one of the experts at the University of Wollongong, so he shut that down very quickly and was like, this has never been published. This is completely false information. All of the studies done on wind wind farms in the rest of the world Mind you, it is the rest of the world, so the whale migration routes either don't exist there or they are different, um, show that there is no impact or very, very, very minimal impact, not a, not enough to, to make it a true consideration. But whale, However, whales, whales have echolocation. How do, they, how do the people say that they died? What, they run into the poles or something, bang their heads? Yeah. I don't, I'm, they run into the tethering, like the tethering chains right. interrupt their, and the, interrupt their sonar is one of the claims. And, um, but that's that, been established as nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Great. Um, and that the whirring of the electromagnetic field interrupts their sonar. So the, they've disproven that because um, the decibel the equivalent decibel rate of the whirring of a wind turbine is it would be similar to us hearing a cricket or something even even less loud than a cricket. Yeah. yeah. So it it might be slightly annoying for them, but it is not making them confused. It's not interrupting their migration. It's not um, killing them. Uh, it's not the same as the sonic systemic blasting that's happening on the other side of Australia for oil and gas exploration. Wow. That is loud. That's impactful. Yes. The things that are happening in a wind farm are quite quiet. They are obviously going to have an impact in some way, but not a significant impact. Well, um, well done you for fighting against all of this nonsense, <laughs> and I'm glad we've covered the uh, whale issue, but... Uh... Crikey. Um, well, tell us, what are you doing to stop this pushback and what are you doing to, to, to try to change things for the best? I think, first of all, it's really important to recognise that for Australia, offshore wind farms are a new concept. 
they are a very well-established technology in other parts of the world. But I think we're experiencing the same thing that we've experienced when um, onshore wind farms were proposed in Australia, where people were concerned about um, birds, they're concerned about the land use when onshore wind farm happened, and those things were eventually, you know, just discredited as issues or um, the the weight between moving into renewable energy to prevent increasing climate warmth warming yeah. and, and 